Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, before we get started, I do feel a little bit of a burden to explain a quote from yesterday because I don't want our listeners to misunderstand. Uh, we were talking about, is God concerned about our day-to-day decisions? And talked about how it's easy to be uh, paralyzed by over-analysis of every decision that we're doing. Like, is God is this God's will for me here, or is this God's will for me here? And I brought up that quote that I think is attributed to Luther, you know, love God and, and sin boldly. Yeah. And part of Luther's history is that he, he was very much paralyzed by the confessional structure of the Roman Catholic Church, and he was confessing everything so much so that at one point his... Um, father that took the confession said, hey, listen, go do a real sin and then come back and then confess yeah, yeah. that. He, well, yeah, he was Stoppitz and told, told him, go kill your parents <laughs> and then come back and you'll have something to confess. Right. So once Luther discovered justification by faith alone, that paralysis was, he was released from it. Yeah. And so he said, uh, history records something like, I don't know, love God and sin boldly, but it's not, he wasn't saying... And you can correct me, you probably know it better he than I do. He wasn't commending sin. No, no, he, he wasn't. Was not, he was not commending sin. He, he was not commending yeah. sin at yeah, all. Yeah, he, he was just saying, don't be, you know, don't go through life fearful that, you, you know, you're, you're constantly on fearful that I'm going to commit some, some sin. But the full quote, he, he said, sin boldly, but trust in Christ more boldly still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other words, uh, don't go through life all wrapped up and afraid the, about live, live boldly, yeah. trust Christ, he trust under, the gospel. He understood that truth in Romans five, where it says where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Yes. Like he was a realist. He knew he was going to sin. He was a confessor. He would repent of that sin, but he knew that the father had already received him because yeah. of what Christ has done. Yeah. I'm tentative to engage in all of this because I, I feel like Josh got himself into this predicament and- <laughs> We just need to let him get out. <laughs> Thank you but, for your neighborly love. Yeah, I appreciate that. But since we did talk about God being concerned about our day-to-day decisions, I will engage slightly. Um, it reminds me actually a little bit of Machen's um, dying um, telegram that he sent to, to John Murray, where he is expressing how thankful he is for the active obedience of Christ. Mm. Uh-huh. And I think that's actually getting to the heart of what Luther was was talking about. That when, you why, ta- when you're talking about the active obedience of life, you're talking about the fact that Christ lived a perfect life for us. Not only right. did he, the passive obedience would be his death on the cross. The exactly. active obedience would be his li- the life he lived as a substitute for ours. That's right. Yes. And because of that, we are clothed in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so if you, comp- if you really do truly understand justification, what you know is that not just Jesus paid for our sins on the cross with his precious blood, but that his life also 
allows us, credits to us his righteousness. So our standing before God is eternally secure because it's not dependent upon my life of obedience. It's dependent upon the life of obedience of Jesus Christ. And so we can live freely, not freely in the sense that we live to ourselves or we live to sin, but we can live freely knowing that if I stumble, if I fall, if I fall short of what God has commanded, I'm still safe. I'm still secure because I've always been in Christ Jesus, not in the works of my own hands. So I think at least in part, Luther is in that quote expressing his knowledge of justification yeah um, and that we live out of that knowledge of our of our justification mm-hmm. yep thank you I for don't know res- if that helps. you rescued me mm-hmm. <laughs> all right I, um, one last thing <laughs> I did have a seminary professor who um, tried to use that quote in a sermon and no matter how much he prepped and guarded against misinterpretation and people mishearing it um, it did not go well. So just if there are any ministers listening, don't even try it. it <laughs> it's not worth it because people always mishear stuff like that from the pulpit. I've never misheard. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> okay. We are continuing through the state of theology. This is question or statement number 25. You can check this out on the state of theology.com. It's Ligonier's twice. I, I think I said it wrong last time but it happens every two years they give this survey to check the spiritual temperature of the church this is statement number 25 the bible has the authority to tell us what to do what we must do the bible has the authority to tell us what we must do 94 percent of evangelicals agreed Mm -hmm. that's good well yeah that's that's uh biblical authority 101 right yes of course the bible has the authority to direct our lives but it's so much more than that. You know, the Bible is not a rule book, although it has lots of, lots of laws uh, that, that, it, that it gives us, uh, life-giving laws. But as Christians, we don't approach the Bible as, as a rule book. We approach it as a gospel book and to know God, uh, to know our Savior, to know, to know Christ. But yes, absolutely, it has the authority uh, to direct our lives, um, set the direction and, uh, tell us, uh, tell us what actions are pleasing to God and, and what are not. I think we just have to make sure that when we say us, we're not actually talking about Christians. Mm-hmm. We're actually talking about all people. Yeah. So the Bible has the authority to tell us and Everybody needs to read themselves into that question. Yeah. The Bible has the authority to tell everyone what they are to do mm-hmm. because... Well, the foundation, him being the creator of the right. world, we, have, we owe obedience to our creator, and also because he's revealed himself in this way. You, yeah. you know, it's not something that's just written in the clouds or in the stars that we have to figure it out. Uh, he's actually given uh, his revealed will to us, and he... And that revealed will reflects something of his moral character, which is what we are to reflect because we're, we've been made in the image of God. So the duty he requires of us is obedience to his revealed will. Mm-hmm. Where is that revealed will found? It's found in the word of God. And again, this isn't left in general principles. I'm teaching through 1 Corinthians 7 right now, and 
Paul, speaking for the Lord, asserts that the Lord tells us who we can and can't marry. What are the, the conditions for a divorce, a biblical divorce? Uh, what are the rules for, you know, uh, our vocation and, and being single? I mean, God really does take the reins of our life and says, this is the kind of life that I, that mm-hmm. I require of you. Yeah, this, this is the way, walk in it. Mm-hmm. But there is a mentality today that says, if I don't give authority to somebody in my life, then they don't have it. So if, if I didn't give you authority, then you cannot tell me what I can or cannot huh. do. So how would you respond to those people that are saying, well, I don't acknowledge him as God. I don't acknowledge him, and therefore he doesn't have authority to tell me what I can or can't yeah, do. Can I, I think an analogy first real quick? So imagine, imagine me walking to the top of this building and saying, I am not going to give authority to the law of gravity. And then I'm going to step off the edge of that building. Would, would me not giving the authority to that law of gravity do anything for me? I'm not sure, so maybe we should play this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, nice. <laughs> you know, uh, I have heard that if you buy a man an airplane ticket, he'll fly for a day. But if you push a man out the door of an airplane, he'll fly for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. About that. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering if my question still stands. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the person, he has no authority. You know, the point is, is everyone is going to come under the judgment of God. It's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. So denying his authority in life is not going to bring you to the conclusion you might like to receive. Sure. You're under, you're a, you are under the authority of God's word, whether you accept it or not. Uh, all, all the universe is under the authority of God's word, and every person is under the authority of God's word, whether they acknowledge it or not. It is still the way to life. God has shown us the way to life. This is the way. Walk in it, and yeah. you can reject it. You can uh, you can say, "No, I'm not going to walk in that way." Uh, but but one day, uh, you will be judged for your conformity to God's law. Yeah, you may have a, a freedom to do whatever you want. You do not have the right to do whatever you yes. want. Mm-hmm. I just think that this is more and more of an important concept to talk about because we're living in a, uh, a society, at least currently, that really struggles with authority, really on all different types of levels. And so I think we as Christians need to just be helpful and clear and direct kind of just saying what Jonathan just says. You have a you have the ability to reject this. You don't have the right to. Mm-hmm. And just helping them talk through, okay, what are the implications of rejecting God's authority in your life? And just having maybe some of those difficult conversations with people that are struggling with authority issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a culture right now which you might say is addicted to the deification of oneself where basically I'm, I'm God, I can decide anything that I want. And uh, there's a lack of recognition that God has said, I will have no other gods before me, and that includes you. Um, psalm 47 it is just a short little psalm. It says, clap your hands, all people, shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all 
the earth. Mm -hmm. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praise with a psalm. God reigns over the nation. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Uh-huh. Here is a psalm that just clearly sets before the the reader, whether you acknowledge it or not, this is the reality about who God is. Yeah, He's mm-hmm. the king over all the earth. And I think that loving boldness uh, in our speech, I think sometimes we can be over-concerned about trying to prove the truthfulness of the Bible, uh, having a loving boldness and proclaiming the word to our our neighbors and unbelieving family members is a is an apologetic in and of itself. When when Paul was before Festus or far, sorry Felix, he reasoned about righteousness and self control and the coming judgment. It says he reasoned; he was having a reasonable yeah. conversation, and the the result was that Felix was alarmed. And he sent Paul away because Paul had this loving boldness about the truth of the word. He, he, he wasn't overly concerned whether Felix was asking these authority questions or not. He, he just declared to him what the truth was. Mm-hmm. And that is a powerful witness to the truth. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Gospel for Life. We're going to continue through these state of theology questions. We'll see you next time. 